Welcome to We the People, a podcast giving a Christian perspective on news, politics, hot topics, and so much more. Hosted by Rodney Nesmith, worship pastor at New Life Fellowship in Lovelock, Nevada. This week, Pastor Rodney is joined by Brandon Weikert, a geopolitical analyst and author of the book Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. The latest episode of We the People will start right after this quick commercial break. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Mm, Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back to We the People. Here's your host, Rodney Nesmith. Hey, good evening, everybody. This is Rodney, your host of the We the People podcast. And man, I've got a great guest for you tonight. His name is Brandon Weikert. He is a geopolitical analyst and the author of the book called Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. Brandon, welcome to We the People. Thank you, and it's good to be here. All right, so tell us about your book first of all, and uh, what that entails. Yeah, so uh, it's called Biohacks, China's Race to Control Life, and that's as the subtitle. Everybody seems to hone in on that. The subtitle Mm -hmm. pretty much encapsulates what I'm talking about, which is China is taking or that we've given them access to what's known as CRISPR-Cas9, and that is a gene editing tool we created for mapping the human genome and for what we hope to eventually, and we're starting to do it already, uh, gene edit diseases out of the DNA of human beings, okay. uh, use it to actually manipulate the DNA of diseases themselves so that they're no longer threatening to us. Um, but China's taking that and they're using it to weaponize uh, the the biotechnology to gene edit uh, desirable traits into their people, specifically their soldiers. It's called gene doping Mm -hmm. uh, to gene edit um, undesirable traits. Yes. And create vaccines, but also to use this technology to create what the Chinese military refers to as specific ethnic genetic attacks. And that is exactly what it sounds like. They basically, Mm -hmm. when, when you're a geneticist, It's a lot like being a computer programmer. I'm married to a geneticist. So, um, but uh, it's a lot like being a computer programmer. Basically, instead of manipulating ones and zeros, uh, you are manipulating uh, the DNA at a Mm -hmm. microscopic level. And the Chinese, it's all about information, your DNA information. The Chinese are soaking up the world's DNA information. Uh, They have a company called Beijing Genomics Institute. It's their biggest genomics company. They have multiple subsidiaries all over the world, including here in the United States. Things like 23andMe, you may have heard of it. People send send in their uh, DNA for uh, to, to track their lineage, to find out where they're from, not realizing that that DNA goes to Beijing Genomics Institute, their gene bank. It's the largest in the world. 
And yeah, you'll find out where you're from, but that DNA is supposed to be destroyed after the research is done. It is not. The Chinese compile that into their gene bank. They use artificial intelligence and cloud computing technologies to collate information based on every single group and individual in the world. And the goal is to use that information to tailor uh, biological weapons that will be able to target specific groups or even individuals based on their DNA. So if you're more susceptible, if you have a genetic susceptibility to some form of, let's say, colon cancer that's very aggressive, and mm -hmm. you've PO'd the Chinese Communist Party and you're a big enough threat to them, you manage. they manage to get your DNA, they can then create a disease that will epigenetically trigger a very aggressive form of cancer, and that could kill you. Or they could biologically engineer a disease in a lab that's very virulent, very you know lethal to you and maybe your family, but nobody else. And right. so it's very, it's th this is where it's going. And then in and, and in turn, all of that DNA information they've been aggregating. Think of it like with in the early two thousands with social media. The whole purpose of social media was not to link you and I together and to have mm -hmm. meaningful conversations. It was to basically absorb all of our personal data, which right. the social media company could then sell to third party vendors for a lot of money. That was the that was the whole model of social media. Well, China's doing the same thing with our only instead of with our personal information, they're doing with our personal DNA information. And wow. so they're now so this is it's all about manipulating and controlling the building blocks of life in order for mm -hmm. political and strategic gain. And so that's what they're doing. That's what my book talks about. I talk about COVID-19. That's sort of the hook that I yeah. use to hook readers in because I do believe it came from a lab. And I, I, oh, I outline you and me both, it. brother, you and me. Yes. Both. Yeah, and so I outline in the book how it came from a lab. I outline where it came from in the lab, what scientists likely worked on it. Uh, and then I also speculate, but I have a lot of data and a lot of people on background that I spoke to in the military intelligence uh, uh, units that I deal with, because I, I do a lot of consulting work for the DOD, the Defense okay. Department, um, that it wasn't just an accidental leak like Senator Tom no. Cotton and Rand Paul think that this was a biological 9-11. And that is a term that I did not come up with. That is a term that two U.S. Marine Corps colonels in early 2020, after I gave, I usually give a talk on biotechnology in China and what China's doing. It's part of my talks that I give to the military. Okay. I always talk about technology and how new technology is going to impact national security. One of those areas is biotech. And after I gave this talk, this was right at the beginning of the pandemic. They pulled me aside. These two colonels did, or one was a lieutenant colonel. It was a lieutenant colonel and a colonel. And they were using terms like biological 9-11. And so that actually was the trigger for me to fly back home. And I literally spent two weeks and I banged out the rough draft of the manuscript and had a pitch ready right. by March 2020 based on what these guys were saying. So I, in the book, I talk about how not only is this a lab-created illness, but I actually don't think it was an accidental leak. It might have been, but I actually think, and it's speculative, I actually think that this thing was deployed as a weapon aimed at the heart of our democracy. I would agree with that speculation. Yep. Uh, that's complete. I think it was on purpose as a weapon to do as much damage to the U.S. as possible. Yeah. And, yep. well, and the world in, in, as a whole, for that matter. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, we talk and, and certainly 
COVID-19 um, certainly uh, did damage to China. Um, sure. But in some ways, it didn't hurt the elite, right? Because the, mm -hmm. the, the leadership under Xi Jinping wanted to aggregate more power toward itself than it already had. And it was a very powerful, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, yeah. had a lot of power. But because of zero COVID, now Xi Jinping has taken direct control over virtually every aspect of Chinese life. That hasn't happened since Mao. Yeah. Usually all the leaders after Mao wanted to give a degree of economic freedom to their people so they could create new things and empower the country as a whole. And then the CCP would benefit from that. But right. Xi Jinping's not like that. He wants to aggregate as much power toward himself. And then he wants to uh, basically tamp down on, on the people in China so that he is basically the new Mao. And so COVID allowed him to do that. And so, yeah, mm -hmm. it hurt China in the near term. But in the long term, probably not. So, yeah. Well, and you look at it. I mean, Xi Jinping is all about power. He's all about power. He's about, right. you know, giving giving himself all the power because let's face it, he's the head of that country and and the Chinese Communist Party, and he's going to do whatever he needs to do to keep as much power as he can get a hold of to right. control anything and everything in China. Right. Right. And also COVID killed a lot of the elderly. Now in China, right. the, the way the Chinese look at this, the leaders is that's actually helpful because that's a lot of mouths to feed that are no longer productive citizens for their Correct. economy. So by killing as many elderly as they did, they actually are walking away with a little bit better of a circumstance that they don't have to worry about these people. Mm -hmm. um, and so they're, I mean, this is how they think and, and it's very evil how they think. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party, but this is what you're up against when you're dealing with China. These are very, very smart, brilliant individuals, but they're also very, in many cases, evil. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's almost Nazi-like um, that what you're dealing with. And and as, a, as an interesting aside, uh, all those concentration camps, and that's what they are, that they're mm -hmm. running with the Muslim uh, ethnic Uyghurs. Tur you know, Uyghurs, right, the ethnic Turkic Uyghurs, um, the first thing those people are made to do when they enter the concentration camps, the guards take DNA samples from every prisoner and they send those DNA samples. And they've been doing this for five years. They send those DNA samples back to the gene bank in Beijing. And the Chinese military is using that genetic data to look for specific abnormalities in the genetic out a profile of the Muslim Uyghurs, and they're trying to tailor those biological weapons I was talking about right. so that they can wipe out at least a lot of the Uyghurs without ever firing a shot, without ever getting the bad press that comes with a genocide from the West, and they won't be blamed because everybody will just think, oh, it's just a, maybe it's a new variant of COVID. Right, right. And in, in the book, I say COVID was a proof of concept. It was a warning shot yeah. for something much worse to come. And yep. by the way, I'll just add the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where I believe COVID was created and launched from, they're doing the same thing that they were doing to coronaviruses. They're doing with smallpox there. And so that's that's a big red alert to me. And oh, nobody's really talking about this. Well, and let's face it, there's a lot of the thing, a lot of things going on in China that we know is going on and yet never is talked about in the news. How often do you hear 
any any news station talk about the Uyghur Muslims that are in, in concentration right. camps. How many a lot times, of those news stations are taking money from exactly, the, oh, yeah, exactly. And how many yeah. times do you hear about all the you know the people that were locked in their houses, you know, in the last recent COVID outbreak and not right. allowed to come out, and, and then they died, died in their homes. Yep. Yeah, they died in their homes. They starved to death. Yeah, you don't hear about that. You don't hear about any of that garbage, and yet it's all gone down the memory hole. Right, and you, yet we've got China buying land in the U.S. We've yep. got China doing all kinds of stuff in the U.S., which is mind-boggling to me. Why in the world would you allow your biggest enemy on the planet to buy land in your? It's mind-boggling thing to happen. It makes no sense. And you're, I mean, here, let me just cut my own throat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've been doing this now for 40 years. I mean, yeah. this is China went, you have to think about it this way. China was a giant North Korea in 1972. Okay. Mm -hmm. It looks like they were getting ready to go to nuclear war with the Soviets because Khrushchev was done with Mao. And mm -hmm. they were fighting over the Sakhalin Islands. They were fighting over these territories that they shared a border with. Um, Mao was moving resources and critical personnel to underground bunkers because he was anticipating having a nuclear war with the Soviet Union. And then suddenly he had this idea. What if I reached out to the Americans and uh, got them to, to help me? Because the Americans were leaving Vietnam at that point. We were not right. doing well. Brezhnev looked like he was the future and the Soviet Union were the future. So maybe Nixon would be desperate enough to do a deal with me in China. And of course, he was right. Mm -hmm. um, from that moment on, though, from the moment that Nixon and Kissinger accepted China's embrace, yeah. um, we gave them all of the tools and the methods they needed to not only become the second largest GDP uh, economy in the world, mm -hmm. um, but to become the number one threat to the United States and very likely the one country that's that could very believably defeat the United States in conflict. Right. And that's all because we gave it to them. Exactly. And so, you know, we we have been our own worst enemy. And at some point we're going to have to pay for that because history does not allow stupidity like this to stay <laughs> in power for very long. No, no, it does not. Well, and if you look back, even as far as World War II, uh, General MacArthur wanted to wipe out China then. Right. You know, he, and he told people, you're going right. to regret it if you don't. You're going to regret it. It's going to come back to bite us. Yeah. If right. you don't go in there right now while they're weakened and we're right. strong, we can right. take it over right now. And, oh, no, you're crazy. We're not going to do that. They're our ally. Blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, look That's at where exactly we are now. Well, that's exactly what Patton wanted to do with the Soviet Union at the end of the mm -hmm. Second World War. He wanted to take all the ex-Nazis that we had captured in combat, retrain them, and then send them right back to go fight the Soviets while they were weak. So this mm -hmm. is a common problem where we have these leaders in American you know, military or in American foreign policy. Once in a while, you get a good one like a MacArthur or a Patton who sees the threat long term. The problem is the rest of the country, particularly the elite, don't want to go with them. And in this case, with China, our elite have been captured by Chinese money. They're oh, yeah. paid for. Yes, and so like good our president. Luck like our president, but it's not just him. It's, I oh, mean, I look, I worked, I worked on the Hill for many years. I, I worked in the house of representatives. The guy who ran 
the House Foreign Affairs Committee for many years, uh, Ed Royce well, it was Buck McKeon and then it was Ed. Ed Royce took over. Ed Royce was a hawk's hawk. He was, you know, he talked the talk, he walked the walk. Soon as he retired, though, he didn't move back home. He got a job as a lobbyist making big money and he was representing Chinese interests. So he went from being a China hawk on the hill to China's number one representative in D.C. in like 10 minutes. Wow. You know, he and uh, and so that's where that's where we're at right now is 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 China has been, uh, you know, capturing our elites for a long time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I you know, it's. It just I have said for a long time, if you really want to clean up Washington, D.C., and I've told this to many people, then you get rid of the lobbyists. You make get rid of the lobbyists completely, make it so that there is none. And you will clean up a lot of corruption in D.C. in a big, fat hurry because the money won't be there anymore to pay these people off. That's right. And that's and that's, that's where right. it's at right now. Everybody's about the money. They're not so much about re representing we the people. They're representing themselves. Hence, a lot of people like Biden that have gotten wealthy, extremely wealthy, while making, what, $170,000 a year right. their whole career? Come on. Right. You, how do you get to be worth $20, 30000000000 billion? Right. Right. Well, I mean, Hunter's going abroad and with yeah. his hat in hand and he's taking mm -hmm. money from the Chinese, you know, Ministry of State Security yep. through intermediaries, of course. And then he's giving 10 percent of all that money to the big guy, his dad. The big guy. Yep. Yeah. And and actually, I don't think Hunter's orchestrating this at all. I actually think I think Joe was the architect of this. He's probably, probably. not anymore. Yeah. It's probably now his wife who's running everything. Or his um, brother. But, or his brother, definitely. Um, I also think his son Bo was involved before he passed. Probably. Um, I think it's a family affair. Um, yep. and I know that it is because we Comers revealed that in the house oh, yeah. in the house oversight investigation is that this is a family affair. They're all making they can't quite make the connection yet to Joe Biden, but every other Biden has gotten hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars from Hunter oh, yeah. Biden's businesses. Yep. And so you know, Hunter, Hunter's the conduit. That's why we've got to keep pressing on him. Mm -hmm. um, my concern is that it's too murky, this connection between Hunter and his father. His father is like a mafia kingpin. You know, he's got a lot of cutouts in between yeah. him and his son. Um, so I don't know if the American people have the patience. I certainly know that the media doesn't have the patience to no. follow this. Um, and so that's going to be the big problem here for the Republicans is there's this, this sort of space between Hunter and Joe, and it might not be able to be, you know, surmounted because the media doesn't want to hear about it. The Democrats certainly don't want to hear about it. And, um, it's a timing thing. And it seems like most Americans really don't care about this. They just don't see the connection yet. Um, and so this is going to be a, a hurdle that the Republicans, I don't know if they're going to be able to get over because there is this degree of separation, at least on paper, uh, right. that the Democrats and the media are going to run with. And I'm not even sure how committed to this, a lot of Republicans in the Senate and I mean, in the house are, I mean, I, I don't know if they're just using this to fundraise for the next. Well, and I, I, to be honest, I think a lot of the Republicans uh, don't have the backbone for it. They don't have the stomach for it. They don't have the commitment to their constituents, no. to the country. They're, you know, they'll, they'll put on a good show. They'll, Oh, this is horrible. We've got to investigate blah, 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 blah. And, but just like the investigations so far, they lead to nothing except 
accusations, you know, and then Hunter gets a sweet, you know, plea deal for his crimes. And uh, although I will say the whistleblowers that came out recently have a lot more detail and a lot more. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. That makes a lot. There's more no sense. doubt. No, I, I'm convinced 100 percent that if the Republicans can actually be given the time to really delve into this, because they're going to be meeting resistance from inside the bureaucracy the whole oh, yeah. time. But if they're able to take the time and they're able to put the resources and the dedication to it, they are going to uncover a lot of pus when they open up that scab. The problem is, the problem is, is I don't know if they're going to have that time. I don't know how this election is going to play out. Um, I'm not confident that any Republican is going to win. Um, I think Joe Biden right now is coasting to reelection. Um, so I just, I think the Republicans look like a mess to everybody who's not a Republican voter. I'm a Republican voter. Um, mm -hmm. but, but I also, you know, I spend a lot of time dealing with people who are not political and they're really right. undecided. And it just sounds like so many undecided people, you mentioned Hunter Biden and they're like, yeah, what, you know? So I, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we make people care unless we can find that smoking gun, which gets us back to the problem of you have some Republicans in power who, who their heart isn't in this. They're, they'll put on a show, yeah. but they're not going to want to really, because of course it's also, you know, they run the risk just like with the Clintons. These Republicans ran the risk. If they push too far into the corruption investigations, they're going to be implicated because let's face it. <laughs> corruption is a bipartisan affair in DC, particularly concerning China. Well, and that's why it's called the swamp. Right. Because they're a bunch of right. swamp rats, and right. very, very few of them are not involved in the swamp. Right. I, you know, I, Comer is doing a good job. Jim yeah. Jordan is a good, good guy. I think that is pretty staunch, and you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene to an extent, Lauren Boebert, um, and I think uh, uh, Representative Luna. I, I think yeah. she's really on on track with things too. But beyond that, I don't know how many people in the background right. well, and, behind right. them are. Right. And then you've got this also added thing. I don't know if you saw today, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of made a big show of showing these oh, sexually yes. explicit. The problem is, I tell you right now, uh, most Americans don't want to see that. That's true. So it's really kind of grotesque. And you're also going, you know, you have to put yourself in the shoe of an ordinary American who doesn't live and breathe this stuff. OK, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the people voting in a general election. Yep. And, you know, a lot of people are disgusted by corruption. But when they see these pictures of Hunter Biden, they're like, well, what does this have to do with the with, with the president? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so they get very annoyed and they're sort of turned off. Remember, and I have an article. I'm a senior editor at 1945.com. And I have an article um, out this morning where the editor asked me to assess, you know, what was going on with that. And. Um, the biggest issue I have with Marjorie Taylor Greene's stunt today is that it's going to turn a lot of people off. It's going to distract from where we need to be focused on, which is mm -hmm. we, the only, the only reason Hunter Biden even matters is because he's the conduit to his father. Exactly. So we, we, we need to forget about all the weird sex stuff and the cocaine and all that's funny and it's hilarious. And I laugh at it too. I mean, and, and you know, it is also kind of sad because addiction is not funny, but mm -hmm. It's a little cartoonish that you have this situation where the White House is just not held accountable. But yeah. 
the real issue with Hunter, it's not about taking Hunter down. Hunter's going to take himself down. It doesn't really matter about Hunter Biden. It matters yep. about his father. Exactly. And it, and it wouldn't matter if his father wasn't the president of the United States. I would yeah. not. Honestly, honestly, if he were just a retired former vice president, I wouldn't care. It just wouldn't be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Well, and it wouldn't even be newsworthy. Right. Right. But now. So like the the issue is Marjorie Taylor Greene and these Republicans, they need they really need to balance the need to pursue Hunter with the need to not kind of get distracted with the salacious because that's mm-hmm. what the, actually the media wants. The media oh, yeah. wants the Republicans to have these pictures and everyone to be talking about that. And then everyone to be sort of like, well, this is just, you know, it's just voyeurism. We should mm-hmm. stop this. It's wrong because the real story is Hunter's connection to his father, the financial linkages to his father. And yeah. that's where we got to get in there and we've got to find out. And this stuff is not helping. And no. So that's my biggest problem with what Taylor Green did today was that. This yeah. Is just yeah. Gonna, and, and, I, you know. and I understand why she did it. I get it. It's to make a point to you right. know, say what a dirt baggy is, blah, blah. Right. I get that. We all know but that. that. I mean, everybody that knows was, that. Yeah, we already know that. But right. that was a little bridge too far, you know, kind of right. thing. And right. it's just like, you know, the if the Republicans really want to do something and do it and make a difference, they need to get. Take a page from the Democrats' playbook here, yeah. and I hate to say that because they right. I, well, no, but it's yeah. they're, they're, they need to get on the same page. They right. all need to get on the same page, same well, message, yeah. and and any lockstep like the Democrats do when right, they the get a is, point right. to make. They're on it, right? And this is the problem with the Republicans is that it's way too diffuse. You know, we we're a party of individualism. We're the mm-hmm. party that likes indivi- independence and all that. The problem is when you're in a political environment, especially when you're in a political cage match, as we've been. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you the best organized wins, and yeah. when you have all these divisions, I mean, when I worked on the Hill, there were so many caucuses on the Republican Party, I couldn't even keep up with it all. Democrats don't have that. They've nope. got a handful of caucuses. They've got the Black Caucus, the Progressive Caucus. Mm-hmm. They've got a few others. That's about it because it's all about unity in the face of the Republican opponent. Yep. The Republicans spend more time devouring each other and fighting about, I mean, Lauren Babert versus MTG versus, I mean, like, you know, it's so goofy. And it's like, you can't win like that. You don't win when you're divided against yourself. Right. You know, and this has been a continual problem of the modern Republican Party, which is why I say I don't think the Republicans are going to be winning anything, regardless of who's the nominee in 2024. I think the Democrats have got this thing just because they're more organized. And, you know, they, you know, one thing about this and we can move on to something else. But well, one, one <laughs> last thing, one, one last thing about this Hunter Biden thing, the Republicans have an uncanny ability to lose public support. So. During the Bill Clinton impeachment, if you'll remember, overwhelming majorities of Americans, not just Republican voters, but independent, overwhelming majorities of Americans were disgusted by the fact that Bill Clinton lied under oath about having an affair with his intern. Mm -hmm. And they told the Republicans, go get him. And the Republicans pulled the trigger on impeachment and they went and got him. The problem was the Republicans came across as jerks when they were going about it. And that quickly lost the the support of a lot of Americans. And Clinton came across as just like this kind of all shucks husband. And, you know, look at my wife. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, anybody (laughs) would step out on, you know, Uh, and, uh, you know, and by the end of that whole process, the process that really should have destroyed him. And you know, evicted him. 
it actually made him stronger. He was yeah. actually stronger, more popular at the end of the uh, impeachment. And that mm-hmm. was entirely because of the Republicans being complete jerks or coming across that way. Same thing right. with Senator McCarthy, right? Joseph McCarthy. There was a legitimate communist threat inside the United States. I think it's still here. Um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there is a legitimate internal communist threat in the 50s, the Red Scare. The problem was it, it stopped becoming about the mission and it became about Joe McCarthy and Joe McCarthy. His personality was strange. Yeah. He was a very bizarre guy. Uh, you know, he had these quirks. He was rude. He was abrasive. People didn't like him when they got to yeah. hear him. And so it quickly became a referendum on Joe McCarthy and the Republicans and how mean they are rather mm-hmm. than a referendum, you know, a, a referendum on the fact that we have communists among us. And so the same thing could happen here with Hunter Biden if we keep doing stuff like what MG, MTG did. Just keep it keep it to the facts. The facts yeah, keep, are keep it Hunter to the facts. Is, the facts are he's right. corrupt. And, he, right. and his well, father's corrupt. It's the conduit. And, you know, it's the, yeah, conduit it's the conduit to his father. Exactly. That yep. and, and none of the other stuff matters about Hunter. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. What matters is we need to find the direct financial link, however thin. We need to find that tie to Joe mm-hmm. Biden because then from there it all opens up, and then we can impeach Biden. You can't yep. do anything right now, though. And but we can't yeah. do that if we're mucking up the waters with all this exactly. other stuff. So exactly true. Yep. Exactly true. And, you know, the whole the whole time, you know, China's probably sitting over there laughing at us. Well, they're feeding into it. Oh, yeah, because, you know, they're going, man, Biden is Biden is their leader. Are you kidding me right now? The guy that falls asleep in meetings with foreign leaders. Right. I mean, give me a break. I mean, they've got to be going. Yeah, but they well, put yeah. him there. I mean, they yeah. funded him for most of his career. Uh, yeah. He was received. And remember, he was the guy as the Senate Foreign Relations Chairman, which is the most powerful, really the most powerful committee in the Senate. It's the most prestigious. If you work in the Senate and you're either an elected official on that committee or if you're a staffer on that committee, you've made it professionally. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden was the head of the, think about this. He was the head of that committee for a little bit. And mm-hmm. While he was in the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, he personally shepherded through the vote for China to become a member of the World Trade Organization in December 2001. I think it was December 11, 2001. That vote would not have happened without Joe Biden pushing that through the Senate. The moment that China became a member of the World Trade Organization, there are graphs that show this. The Chinese economy began just exploding. Because oh, yeah. basically they were integrated fully into the global trading network yep. and they were given complete access to everything they could ever want. And so 20 years later, 23 years later, look at where they are now. They're the number two economy GDP wise. They're a huge technological innovation hub. Do not mm-hmm. listen to these people who say they're just imitators. Those people have no idea what they're talking about. That was 20 years ago. They were imitating us. Yeah. Now they're innovating and they're stealing our talent. They're not just stealing our designs, but they're stealing our talent Mm -hmm. from high tech areas of study, Uh, you know, from Harvard and Yale. They're pilfering our students used to be we would pilfer their students. They're pilfering our students now. And so all of this is because of Joe Biden in 2001, because he integrated them into the World Trade Organization, which allowed them to become part of the global trading network fully Mm -hmm. as they never were before. And so. Joe Biden's he's getting something in return for that. It's not oh, just you a better thank believe you it. Yeah, you it's know? not going, I mean, hey, thanks, you Joe. Know? <laughs> yeah, no, there's something he's getting. And so um, you know, th- they love this, the fact that he's there. This is why 
they're not really threatened when Joe Biden does his big, you know, fury, sound and fury approach to China, how, oh, I'm going to stand up to China. Oh, they, they, they know this is all just it's, it's noise. The Beijing fully knows this is just noise for the consumption mm-hmm. of American voters going into an election year to make Biden look tougher than he is. The reality is the moment China dangles a global warming deal in front of Biden, he is going to snag that deal and it's going to destroy our economy even more. And it's yeah. going to empower China's. And that's the point. Yeah. And well, and it, yeah, I look at the Senate, too, and nobody will convince me that McConnell is not tied up in China as well because he's well, married to is. his wife certainly is. Right. And his father-in-law is a ship magnet in China that gave them, what was right. it? A gift of $25 million. Yeah. That's a pretty big gift for yeah. anybody. Yeah. And you can't tell me that, and he's still tied up in China yeah. and you can't tell me there weren't strings attached to that money. There's, You'll there's, never convince yeah. me of that. Yeah, and these are sort of the obvious ones. Um, That thing about Ed Royce I told you about is not well known outside of D.C. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that because I used to work with Ed. Um, But, um, I mean, I didn't know him well. I was a staffer, you know. But, but, I mean, I did a lot of work with the foreign. My boss was on the Foreign Relations Committee. Um, So we all kind of knew each other. Everybody knows each Mm -hmm. other when you're on that. But um, it's like that a lot. It's like that a lot. And uh, it's not just a Democrat. It's a it's a Republican thing, too. It's mm-hmm. a uniparty thing. And, um, you know, it's it, it is it's really interesting to me when. Like I go up to D.C. and I, I usually deal with military audiences. It's not usually Congress wants to talk to me. They don't they don't want to hear from me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the military, I'll talk to them. And I'll, I'll give them the spiel. I'll do the whole talk about technology in China and what China's doing and how it's a threat. And, you know, but then at the end, invariably, one of the generals will say, OK, well, you know, we're not the policymakers. All we can do is salute and say, OK, um, what, who, you know, who, what, who should we be talking to? What should we be doing right. to what can be done? And then I always kind of feel deflated because I'm like, having come from Congress, there's nothing to do. Because yeah. it's only, the only way it's going to change is if you stop the bribes. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it's going to change. Yeah, cut exactly right. Trade. Cut the money flow. So, but it's not going to happen because who, who, who polices Congress? Congress, right. right? Yeah, Congress. You know, so yeah, exactly. you know they're they're all getting rich. And hey, look, I I saw it. It's a great gig if you can get it. Like if oh, you can yeah, get elected sure Congress, you know, I mean, there. I mean, it is a phenomenal gig. I mean, yeah, you're not you're making six figures, but in DC, that's not a lot of money. The kind of money no. they're making. But when you think about all of the the media gig, the free press you're getting, mm-hmm. you get the best seats in the house and the restaurants. Oh, yeah. You get. I mean, you know, I remember Buck McKeon. There, uh, my wife and I lived in Alexandria, which is just down the road from DC. Literally, it's like 14 miles. It's a little nook called Old Town. And there was a restaurant on the uh, on the water on the Potomac. Um, now, I'm from Florida, so I take the water for granted. But up there, it's like, you know, oh my the gosh, greatest thing place ever. on the water. And the Potomac <laughs> is is disgusting, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, it's gross. Um, you know, where I live, we have the Caloosahatchee River. I live in Florida now, back home. And I mean, that that's like a million dollar view. But Potomac, I mean, who? I mean, it's it's hideous. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, everybody's climbing the walls to go. So I, my wife and I took her there um, and we were sitting there and we had waited a long time to get the seat on the water. 
And who shows up is this big crowd of donors of some kind and Buck McKeon, who was before Ed Royce, the head of the, um, the head of the foreign relations committee. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he saw me, he recognized me from work and we, we said, hello. And he sat down, but I noticed he didn't have to wait. I noticed that he had, he had cut the line. <laughs> Walk and, right and this in. is, this is a fairly casual place. And it's, it's, right. it was a late lunch, early dinner. It wasn't like we were there at, you know, the real heavy time, but he's there. And I noticed he's wearing a t-shirt or uh, he's wearing a button up short sleeve shirt. But he's got his pin on. He's got his congressional pin. Uh, <laughs> he's letting everybody know. Yeah. I, I, look you know, look so, at me. Look at this right. right here. So, you know, it's like I've heard Thomas Massey describe the congressional pins as um, the ring from Lord of the Rings. It's there pretty you go. precious. There My you point go. with all this is you're treated like a king. And so once you get up there, you may get up there because you were Mr. Smith goes to Washington. You were going to put the Chinese funny money out of there. You were going to do all this mm -hmm. stuff. But the moment you get up there, you get read the riot act by the leadership who basically say, Hey, look, if you plan on staying here for more than a single term, this is how things are done. And most of the Congress people and most of the Senate, well, by the time they're in the Senate, they're lost. But most of the Congress yeah. people, most of the Congress people will conform because yeah. You're, you're, you're living. I mean, you, you live so well and you never have to open doors. You don't have, I mean, you're, you're royalty and yeah. really, you don't really have that great of a responsibility. I mean, especially if you're from some back part of the country yeah. with like a dozen people. I mean, if you're from like Wyoming, <laughs> right. with all due respect, it's like, it's great. Cause like, you know, you've got like a small constituent base. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to be reelected handily. So yeah. if you can get up there and stay up there, you've got a great life. And then when you leave, the longer you're up there, the more bankable to the special interests you are as a consultant. Sure. So when you leave, you get seven figure, eight figure checks. You know, you, I mean, you're, and that's just for being a congressman. That's not even yeah. for being like ahead of anything. Right. It gets just, you even just better. For being you know? there. Right. And so like, my point is with all of this is you cannot expect that institution to regulate itself. No. It's not going to. And all that money from China is just that's that's sauce for the goose, and they're oh, yeah. not going to stop it. Yep. So, yeah. You know. I hear you, man. I hear you. And uh, you know, last word for me is don't use twenty three and me. Right. <laughs> don't, Agreed. Don't use that. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, you know, I can't I can't stress to you enough when I was doing the work for this book, and I I know we kind of talked domestic politics, but. Um, you know, it is integrated to what's going on with China because China has figured mm -hmm. out Absolutely. how to crack America's defenses without firing yep. a shot. And it's money. It's money. Yep. I'm not going to deny it. Look, I, I've never taken money. But you know what? If somebody were to walk in, walk up to me and say, hey, uh, give me get, I'll give you 20 million dollars if you say something nice about China. I might be tempted. Just to say something nice, you know, but of course, that's how they get you. It's always something. Oh, yeah, small. sure. Sure. Um, and so with with, you know, with CRISPR Cas9 and there's a pattern here. So what you're seeing mm -hmm. in Congress, what you're seeing what you saw in the 70s with the manufacturing sector where Wall Street deindustrialized our middle class and gave all those jobs to China. What happened? Our middle class became addicted to fentanyl and is dying off, mm -hmm. whereas China's middle class is the largest and the most dynamic in the world. Yeah. OK, yeah. so um, did I lose. Can you hear me? Yeah, well, yeah, I hear you. I can't, I can't hear you. I lost you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh you can still hear me? Oh, yeah. Yep. I can't, I can't hear you, though. 
Um, I'll just, I'll just keep talking then. I'll, I'll just, I'll, 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 okay. Um, basically, uh, China is the most, uh, dynamic at figuring out how to, you know, basically gain access to our, our special interests and, and how to use our laws against us. And so one yeah. of the things with, one of the things with biotechnology is that just like with everything, we gave them access to this program, CRISPR-Cas9. We've given them CRISPR. And with that, they're using it to build bioweapons, uh, very unconventional bio. It's not just like, oh, VX nerve. I mean, because you know, we can we can kind of anticipate they're going to do that. Every every big country does that. North oh, yeah. Korea does yeah, that. Everybody sure. does that. Yep. But the problem is, is they're doing it now under the auspices of we're developing cures. And so what they do is they build out these, these innovation hubs at like the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And mm -hmm. then they get American pharmaceutical companies. They get American talent. They get the U.S. government to give yeah. them money and research information for them to then do this research, in this case on coronaviruses, under mm -hmm. the auspices that they're developing vaccines for potentially, you know, coronavirus pandemics. Right. And then all the Americans are happy to help because they want the Nobel Prize. They'll help <laughs> them get the research quicker. Yep. They want the money, certainly. Fauci was both. Um, and they want the capabilities that these these re this research will give them. And they want to mm -hmm. you know, they want to benefit from that. And there is some degree of we want to help people, too. But that's not the only thing. Yeah. China, though, is taking all of that and they're. Yep folding it into their bioweapons program. And as they do that, um, it's giving them capabilities to kill a lot of Americans, to destabilize our system. Uh, something that China has done, for instance, we talked about 23andMe. One of the mm -hmm. things they did uh, in 2013, you talked about buying farmland. Well, they also yeah. buy, try to buy American companies. It's not just our companies going over there. Their, sure. their companies come here to try to buy access to our innovation hub so they can gain access yeah. to our research, our funding, and our innovators, our people, our human capital. In 2013, they came to a company, and I'm forgetting the name now, but it was a company based in Mountain View, California. It was a genomic startup company. It had exclusive access to NIH and CDC genetic databases. That's U.S. taxpayer-funded yep. and maintained databases. Be uh, Beijing Genomics Institute bought the startup for an ungodly amount of money. The startup is very happy, of course. Oh, yeah. So yeah. The owners and creators of the startup <laughs> sell everything, give it to BGI, retire early, go on their merry way, not realizing that the real reason that BGI wanted that company is because now they have access to the CDC and NIH database, yeah. genetic databases of Americans. And what, what does that mean? That means that now they're going to take all of the, that genetic information on Americans that they couldn't yep. get before, and they're going to put it into their gene bank, and they're going to use their methodology to tailor specific ethnic genetic attacks on Americans. That's the world we're heading in. And we gave it to them. It was a totally legal, above board, under our current laws, transaction. What I argue in the book should have happened and should be happening is there's a group called the Committee for Investment in the United States. It's out of the Department of Justice. It's called CFIUS for short. And their job is supposed to identify and stop 
financial transactions between U.S. firms and uh, foreign companies that could pose a national security risk. Now, CFIUS, when they catch these things, they stop them. The problem is the Chinese, it's like a full frontal assault every day. They're throwing so much stuff that CFIUS can't possibly stop all of it. And all China needs is one of these things to go through for them to you know, go gangbusters. Um, yeah. And so what I argue in the book is for them to build out all the resources they need, give all the capabilities that we can possibly give to CFIUS so they can be our blocking tackle. They can constantly be vigilant and right. on guard and have the resources to quickly respond to transactions like this, review them, see if they're above board. And if they're not, kill them before they, they ever get beyond the sort of, you know, thought stage. Um, yeah. The other thing I say to do, and these are all the things we can do for really cheap and not have to worry about a war. Uh, One of the biggest issues we have, like I said, with CRISPR-Cas9 is giving China our tech. We give them access to our stuff. Yeah, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And so what we should be doing, I argue, is there's a law called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. I was talking to Rand Paul's staff in 2019 about this, and then COVID hit, and nothing ever came of it. But there's a law called the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. It's a great law. Um, it's supposed to help, as the name suggests, cut down right. on foreign corruption. But we still allow these tech transfers to happen. Basically, what goes on is if I'm an American-based firm and I want to gain access to that huge market share in China with my product, I have to go to the Chinese government and ask them for permission to sell my product over there. And they usually say, great, especially if it's a high tech thing. Great. We want it. The only caveat is you've got to open up your vault and give us the intellectual property. You've got to partner with a local state owned enterprise and train them how to make all of your products, building your own competition, basically. And these Americans, companies are happy to do it because they only care about short-term quarterly profits. So in the short term, it's a win. In the long term, they're they're basically setting up their own competition, but they don't care. And so what I argue is just classify those tech transfers as a bribe under the Foreign Mm. Corrupt Practices Act. There you go. There you go. the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, bribery is illegal. And so the FBI will go after you if your company does a bribe. It should be looking at those tech transfers as no mm-hmm. different than a bribe. And I have Absolutely. no idea why they haven't done this. And I can't comprehend it because that would cut down these tech, because a company looks for the lowest hanging fruit. They look for the oh, path yeah. of least resistance. Yep. And right now it's cheap and easy for them to do this. But if mm-hmm. the government were to step in and say, hey, guys, if you're an American-based firm and you're doing this, uh, we're going to sue you. We're going we're gonna to regulate the heck out of you. And that would stop at least half of these tech transfers, which would have a butterfly effect of slowing down China's technological war on us. We're already seeing how the chip war, the cutting them off of access from these these computer chips is really hurting China's economy. Now, imagine doing that across the board. Every tech transfer is a bribe. That would be amazing. Half of those companies doing it are not going to do it because they don't have the money or the resources to spend on suing or or, or defending against a suit from the government. And so they're not going to do it anymore. And those are the two easiest things we could do. Yep. And man, that that all sounds good. I know you can't hear me. (laughs) I've shut my mic off. And tried to tried everything I could do on this end to turn it back on. But um, I just want to say thank you for being on and we're going to wrap this up 
and uh, I appreciate your time, uh, your knowledge, and uh, for sharing it with us on the We the People podcast. So uh, I'm going to wrap things up. And, I got you. Uh, I got you back. It's my, my okay. headphones died. Oh, okay. Perfect. Yeah. I was just going to say, we're going to wrap it up and I want to thank you for your time, for your yeah, expertise. Thank you for having this, me. And uh, glad we could do this. And uh, man, you've got information we all need to hear for sure. And I'm, well, thank and, you. and, and uh, I encourage everybody to go out and get your book, biohacked China's race to control life. Uh, go out and get that and pay attention to what he said on this podcast, because it's all good information. And it's all accurate information. That's the most important thing. And so, Brandon, thank you for your time tonight. Appreciate you, sharing. Sir. And uh, good luck with your family and your kids. Your thank new you. one on the way. Thank and you. Uh, kids are a joy, man. I love they them. They are. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So from We The People, that's all I have for you tonight. So God hey, bless you. Can you can follow me on Twitter at We The Brandon. Hey, there you go. <laughs> I like it. All right, Brandon, thanks a lot. That's all we got for you tonight from We the People. God bless and God bless America.